Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Are y'all ready for the Bible? How, y'all appreciate our, our amazing worship team who, what, I mean, we're right in it with Christmas, right in the pocket. We appreciate y'all and uh, love worship into those songs. And the timing is great. You know, you think we, we are so well planned and communicated, but tonight, today I am starting a message or a series called A Child is Born. And so we're right into the Christmas season talking about Jesus. And I want to open up this morning with Isaiah 9. Verses 6 through, I think it's about 8-ish, 7 or 8-ish. It says, For unto us a child is born. To us, would you all say to us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace There will be no end. He will reign on David's throne over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. I I love this scripture because it's an Old Testament ancient scripture written hundreds of years before Jesus came to be, telling of the story that he was going to come to save us. Let's pray. Father, we love you today, and we just thank you so much for the privilege of having heard the message. There are people in this world who haven't heard the message, who haven't had the opportunity, Lord God, to hear of you and to receive you. And today, Lord, we just say, you're not just welcome in this house, you're welcome in our hearts, Lord God. And we ask you, Lord Jesus, to just speak to us today, God, as we come before you and we hear your word, Lord, would you drop a, a word into each one of our hearts, Lord. I thank you for your ability to speak to each one of us today, Lord God. I pray for the empowerment and the leading of your Holy Spirit, God, to share what's in your heart and your word today. We honor you. We praise you. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. You know, um, when we get into this Christmas season, you know, we, when we see the picture of the star uh, that the wise men followed, you know, when we see the manger scene with Mary and Joseph, when we see baby Jesus in the manger, you know, we see hope. You know, we see hope for this world. We see the Father's love that he'd send his son. We, we see potential like, of what could be. And, and when we see that picture of the manger and the star and, and Jesus, we know what's coming. We know the story that's coming that he's going to come and that eventually he's going to teach and he's going to preach and he's going to perform miracles and walk on water. He's going to raise Lazarus and you know, he's going to speak with such wisdom that people are in awe of him. And you know, I, I was thinking this week as I was reflecting on um, the story that means so much to us, I was thinking about the father's perspective. I was thinking about, you know, when he sent his only son. How, you know, he, Jesus, he, he came down from heaven. He sent his son to come into this earth. And, and, you know, he sees his son from an eternal perspective, of course. And he sees the fact that he has sent his son for a very specific mission. 
It wasn't a, hey, let's just try this out kind of thing. It was a very specific mission that Jesus came on. And, and the father knew that his ultimate mission that he was sending his son on, the ultimate mission was to die. What an interesting perspective that the father must have had as you know, his son is departing heaven and entering to, into earth to know you are going there to die. John 3.16, for, for God so loved the world that he, he gave, he really gave his son, his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life for God. He didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of of God's one and only Son. And, you know, I was, I was thinking about the Father's perspective. I was thinking about how the generosity of it and the love of it and just the knowledge of it, like, like you are going there to give your life. And then I was, I, I was thinking this week about Jesus' perspective. You know, Jesus, um, his perspective and his experience was different. You know, in one way, we know that Jesus is fully God and fully man, and part of the Godhead and the Trinity, and that he's even pre-existent. And, you know, in, in Colossians 1.16, it says, For in him all things were, uh, were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been, been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in, and in him all things are held together. Like, like Jesus is like really, really God, like really part of the Godhead, right? And, and yet, when he came down to earth, he laid aside the God powers. He didn't become any less God, but he laid aside God powers like being omniscient and omnipresent and, and, um, and, and uh, omniscient, yeah, omnipotent, thank you. I wrote it in my notes, you know, so I could remember. But you know, like when he came as a baby... Like, he was really a baby. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't there, like, you know, levitating in his crib or being like Baby Yoda with the Force and stuff like that. I mean, like, he really was a baby. Like, really experienced full humanity. And during his journey in humanity, he came to understand his identity. That he was fully God, that he was fully man, and that he was Messiah. One of the first glimpses that we have that Jesus began to understand his own identity in Scripture is when he was 12 years old. Um, the whole family had gone to Jerusalem for the Passover feast, and they're there, and mom and dad are headed back, Mary and Joseph. And you know, they would, they, typically the ladies would travel together, jaw it up. The guys would you know, travel together and jaw it up. And when they get back, you know, to, they're on their way back, and then somewhere along the way, Mary looks at Joseph and says, where's Jesus? And Joseph's like, what do you mean? I thought he was with you. I thought he was with you. Can you imagine you've lost the Son of God? Can you imagine the shame? We are terrible parents. We have lost the Son of God. Anyhow, shocked, they turn around, they you know, hightail it back to Jerusalem, they look, and it's about three days later, and they find him. They find him at the temple, and Jesus says this really powerful thing in Luke chapter 2, verse 46. It says, After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions, which was how it worked there, right? Everyone who heard him was amazed, 
at his understanding and his answers. He's 12 years old, right? Um, when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, can you imagine? I wonder what voice she used when she said, son, why have you treated us like this, right? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Did you not know I had to be in my father's house? It's like this glimpse that he was understanding who he was and his own identity. And, and it was a, an unfolding understanding. I wonder, I wonder how much he understood at what point. And Scripture doesn't tell us exactly when, everything, but we do get this glimpse at 12 years old of this understanding of who, who, who he is. And Scripture doesn't spare, uh, share the specifics, but we know that his identity, that his mission, his destiny, even to hang on the cross, was this progressive revelation. Can you imagine what it was like for Jesus from his perspective, growing up and coming to this understanding? I have come to this world to give my life for the sins of this world. I mean, some of us were like, you know, I came to this world to be a businessman. I came to this world to be this and to be that. Can you like I have like gulp? What an amazing revelation that must have been for him to understand that. And you know, we, we see him sharing with his disciples and, and this unfolding, this understanding. In Luke 9, 21, it says, Jesus strictly warned them, do not tell anyone, uh, tell this to anyone. And he said, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed and on the third day raised to life. He had a very clear understanding of why he came. And he even had a revelation about the timing like of when he would come. In John 7, 8, he makes a comment. He says, listen, my time has not fully come. Like he's got this idea. And he was always kind of modulating the pressure of where he was. He was like, we can't let things boil over too much because it's not yet my time. He knew there was a, a timing to it. And yet he also knew when the time was coming. You know, he's in the garden and he's praying. He's like, Lord, if it's possible, let this cup for, you know, pass from me. But nonetheless, not my will, but yours do, do, be done. Like there's this revelation uh, of the timing of, of what's happening. In John 16, 16, he says, Jesus went away to, in, in, uh, to say, in a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. He had a revelation of his death. He had a revelation of his resurrection. I, I, I think about that. I think about our perspective as we're looking at Christmas and we know why he's come, and the hope of what he's going to do. And we look at the Father's perspective. He knows, yeah, all the ministry that Jesus is going to do, but he knows that ultimately Jesus came here to die, to give his life for all of our muck, right? And Jesus, he laid aside his understanding of that in, the, in, the, in eternity for, for a moment, if you will, took on humanity for real, and had to come into that revelation of knowing who he was and knowing what he had came to do and his willingness to go to the cross, his willingness to lay down his life like a lamb led to the slaughter. And he didn't, know, you know, he didn't mutter about it. He, he just went to the cross on your behalf and my behalf. And I think about how that perspective influences our lives. I, I'll tell you a story about a man named Jerry. His name is Jerry Crehan, um, who on July 12, 2017, 
um, he was my dad's best friend in the world. And July 12, 2017 was my dad's funeral. He had, he had died a few days before that. Um, he and Jerry had you know, come to Jesus together in the Jesus movement in the early 70s in upstate Pennsylvania. And I love hearing their stories of the things that God did in that day and how they came to the Lord. And they were these, you know, young 20-somethings and Jesus was just moving and they were prophesying and speaking in tongues and praying over people. And, and they were just watching God move and his presence move. And they were part of this community up there. And I love hearing their stories. And on January 12th, 2017, um, Jerry was at my dad's funeral, and he went up on the stage to share um, uh, at my dad's funeral. And he stumbled on his way up to the stage, and what I didn't know then and I know now was that very day, he had received the diagnosis that he had ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. And what an eerie thing to be going to speak at your best friend's funeral and to be given that kind of diagnosis on, the seven, on that same day. Um, you know, since then, Jerry, um, his whole life changed that day. Now, that day, you know, he was fully functioning. There was this, these little signals to him, and that's why he was getting tested and things like that. But his whole life changed that day because he knew that he was either going to receive healing or that he would be in heaven sooner than he thought. If you will, he knew his own humanity and frailty and knew that his date to die was likely much sooner unless he received some great healing, right? And so since then, Jerry has um, kind of, you know, his whole life has changed. He he sold this business, and you know, which was part of the plan, and that all happened, and every everything kind of began to work out. And over time, um, ALS it begins to shut down different things in your body, and he has um, he's had to deal with weaker and weaker and weaker state of body. One of the beautiful things is that in our weakness, he is made strong. You know, the presence of God in his life, the presence of the Holy Spirit is no less. And frankly, the strength of God is greater in his life than ever. And the thing that's really impressed me, um, Jerry is, is with us today. Um, you know, he, he's in a wheelchair and, um, you know, he's just been losing, you know, more and more function. And, you know, in January, it'll have been five years since the diagnosis. But the thing that has so impressed me is how he's really made every day count. I mean, he's telling everyone about Jesus and about the goodness of God. And he's not wasting any opportunity. At his golf club where my, he and my dad you know, have golfed for years, he can't golf anymore, but he's still at functions and he's telling people about the grace and the love of the Lord. And people are, are watching him go downhill and suffer and yet his voice for the Lord just gets louder and louder and louder and people can't help but listen. I was over at his house uh, you know, uh, about a couple months ago and just sharing and talking with him and, and spending time with him. And he's encouraging me. And I'm just like, oh God, how amazing. And you know, what I really appreciate is that he's making every day count. He's sharing Christ with more people 
than he ever has before. He's testifying about the goodness, the faithfulness of God more than ever before. And he's savoring every moment that he has with his family. They just went down to Disney World and did a big trip with the kids and the grandkids. And, and um, you know, Jerry, Jerry's awareness that his time is limited is the, here on earth is the thing that compels him. And I think there's a lesson this Christmas season in that for us. The father sends his son knowing, yeah, so your time is short, about 33 years. And really, at 33, I mean, Jesus could have ministered for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. But his ministry was just three years because you see the real point was the cross to give his life for us. And he had an awareness that his, of his timing, right? Jerry, uh, you know, he's just such a hero of mine. He, he has this awareness of timing, and he has been making these last five years count with, you know, with such vigor. And, you know, I, I don't know how much time you have. I don't know how much time I have. But I do know this. Lest the Lord tarry, or excuse me, if the Lord tarries, if he doesn't come back today or come back tomorrow, I do know this. I know that we're all going to die. I don't mean that to speak death over you. I just mean that's how it works. There was one guy, Enoch, and I don't think we're all promised that. Like, apparently the Lord took him. Well, that's awesome for him. I'm just saying statistically it's not looking good. But, you know, if you believe in Jesus... You have no fear of death. It says we go to sleep. And we, we transition from the temporal to the eternal. But I'll tell you this, our time is limited. We're just not aware. We're not as aware as Jerry is. We're not as aware as maybe Jesus was, right, of his own timing. But I can tell you this, our time is limited. And, and I think... I know that today we have one less day than we had yesterday. And I know that tomorrow is not promised to us. But I'll tell you what. When I look at Jesus' story and his frailty and his coming into the knowing that he has come to die, and I look at Jerry and I look at the way he's lived these last years, it really compels me to say, you know what, I really want to make my days count. I want to make my days count with my family. I want to make my days count in my work. You know, Ecclesiastes talks about the blessing it is to be able to work and to labor, right? I want to make, I want to make my relationships count. Uh, I want to make my, you know, I, I love taking a Sabbath, a day off and resting. And I think, I think it's a godly thing, that even in the midst of all the urgency and things of the world that we take. But I want to make those, those moments count, and by golly, I want to make my witness count. Because I have, and, and many of you have in this room, you have this security of knowing. Every day is not promised to me, but when it's my time, I have a security of a knowing where I'm going. I have this, because, you know, he says that he gives us a deposit of the Holy Spirit guaranteeing the inheritance to come. Like he gives us this assurance, assurance, if you will, that on our worst day when we are transitioning out of this life, it actually becomes 
one of the most amazing days ever. It's the beginning of the rest of our life. And you know, our days here are precious, and I'm so confident that we're going to get to heaven, all of us, and that even Earl is going to go, man, that was quick. Right, Earl? You're going to say, that was quick. Right, Rosa? Like, you're going to go, man, that was quick. I know we're going to look back, and I, I don't think it should create an anxiety in us, but I do think it should create an urgency in us. And a, man, I, I just want to make every encounter count. I want to make every day count. I want to make, make it count. And again, we're not building anxiety. We're building urgency. You know, in Scripture, they're, they're kept in the epistles being this like, you know, the day is short, the day is coming, the day is short, the day is coming. And, you know, you're, we're sitting here on, the, you know, a few thousand years later, and we're like, well, the Lord hasn't come back. Well, actually, he did come back for them. Because when they passed away, to be apart from the body is to be with the Lord. I think that's in Scripture, because in us, there's not supposed to be an anxiety, but there is supposed to be an urgency. That says, you know what? I don't know how many days they are. And you know, Jerry, uh, I hate the sickness that he is suffering under. But knowing that time, having an understanding of timing is a gift. Because you're like, I'm going to make this count. Because there's a lot of people who don't get any, any warning or any timing. And we've all had people like that in our lives. But here's the thing. You and I, we have the blessing of strength and the health that you have and the days that you have. And I just want to encourage you today to make it all count. To make it count. And especially for us to make it count when it comes to our witness to other people. You know, there are people on this planet, they're going to die and they're not going to get to go to heaven. And they're going to spend an eternity apart from God and apart from His goodness. And this will be as good as it ever got for them. Do you know that on this earth, it's the worst it's ever going to get for you? But can you imagine that this would be the best that it ever was for someone? And I want to implore you today, don't let fear hold back your witness. Don't let, don't let, uh, don't let any, what, the way people would think about you hold back your witness. Don't, don't let it hold back the words of life that people can hold on to and go, you know what, I want to receive that Jesus. Like uh, when I testified before we started the sermon today, little Marley and little Jesse who, you know, receiving Jesus for the very first time in their lives, the, this gift. Because the reality is he is there and he's great at saving people. He's so good at loving and saving people. And you know, we should make our time with our family count. We should make our time and our work count. We should make our off time count. And we should make our witness count. Because you're planting seeds in people's lives. There's nothing like being there the moment when somebody turns. But your life is a testimony for the Lord. And I don't know how much time we have, but I just want to encourage you to make it count. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to tell you today, if you're here or online and you're listening today and you've never had that moment in your life where you said, Jesus, I need you to save me. I just want to encourage you to do it and just to ask him to come into your life. Maybe, maybe you've made that decision in the past and um, you've kind of strayed from it and you're like, I kind of need to re-up my allegiance and of his authority in my life. And if that's you today, I just want you to want to tell you today, 
All you have to do is cry out to him and say, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I, I, I want you in charge of my life. And he will willingly come in. He stands at the door and knock. If you open up the door, he's going to come in to your life because he cares about you. And if you're making that decision in this in-person services today, I want to know about it. I want to pray with you and rejoice with you. Uh, this December the 5th, 2021, if you're online or listening today, um, would, you, would you let us know if you're making that decision by going to victorychristian.church and clicking on next steps because we want to make sure that you've got somebody to walk with you in that. Now today what I'd like to do is I'd just like to close by praying that God would, as we're walking through this time and this season, that we would have an urgency but not an anxiety. Do you receive that today? An urgency of the moment. What is this moment supposed to, this day supposed to count for? But not an anxiety about it. You don't have to be anxious for anything, the word says. But let's make it every day count. Amen? Father, we love you today. And we worship you today. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for willingly stepping out of heaven into humanity and taking on flesh. Thank you for willingly taking the assignment of the Father to go to a cross for my sin, for our sin. Thank you for your willingness to do that. And Lord, today, we thank you for the life that you've given us. We thank you for the new life that you've given us in Christ. And Lord, may we receive our assignment to make each day count, to make our witness count, and to glorify you in everything that we do. Father, I just pray for each one of us that there just be such a great awareness as we walk through our days. Lord, that our days would be full of purpose, full of God's purposes. And Father, that you'd give us the courage and the joy, the strength and the wisdom to let your godly purposes work out in each of our lives. Thank you, God, that you don't come to condemn us, but you come to save us, and you've come to save so many more. So, Lord, we avail ourselves to you to be used of you. We glorify you. We honor you. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.